As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Can the guys fix college athletics? They talk about everything you need to know about the FBI investigation and how to pay their players. They also talk Winter Olympics, Old Faces, and Star Spangled Arrangements. We also bring back week two of free samples this week on Just Press Play. How many losing seasons does Tom Brady have to have before you can fire him? Well, he's got to have one. He's got to win the MVP. As you may have seen over the past three or four days and before that, the apparently March Madness is much more than just a crazy tournament. It is a full-blown shit show going on (laughs) in college basketball right now. And the FBI is involved. I, I guess there's not there's not better things they could be. That one sobering into. thought, yeah. And I, you know, I don't want to get off. To, this is a fun show, but there's school shootings going on. There's stuff. Isn't there better things for the FBI to be involved in than college athletics? Well, I would, I, I would say though, in response help me to there. that, that's just my initial thought. In response to that, something? it's not like it's it's a huge organization with like. Uh, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of investigators that work for that company. Yes. And so it's not like if they are investigating the NCAA, which you guys are going to have to catch me up on what's going on. But yeah, it doesn't mean that they're not doing something else somewhere else also. Yeah, I guess you're right. What does the NCAA do? What is their job? They get paid a bunch just for nothing. keep, Keep it. Keep the ball rolling. Just is there is it like a Roger Goodell sort of thing where they're like the face of decisions that are made or? Yep, pretty much. Except for they don't get chose by the players. So they're making TV contracts and oh, stuff yeah. like that. They're making the TV contracts. They're making what eight point eight billion say, over the next eight that. years. We can get into yeah, that. Yeah, we will get into second. that. But so what's happened is an agent got caught up in all this. This guy named Marty Blazer who got caught in frauds before. He's, he's an investment guy and a money advisor, and he got in trouble because he advises some different athletes, and he tries to, he was trying to get them to put some money into some movies that he wanted, that he thought were going to be really good. They said no, so he went and took $500,000 out of one of the athletes' accounts and just invested it in this movie. The guy realized it and started, was going to file for a lawsuit against him, so what he does like, no, I'll pay you back. He went and took money out of another client's account and basically just screwed himself over. He kept lying and lying until finally the SEC got a hold of him and he just was like Wait, so who are his clients? His clients are college athletes? No, his clients are pro athletes. So this is a guy okay, who okay. he works with NBA players a lot. And okay, sorry. if you look further into it, all these guys 
when you go professional, I know neither one of you need to worry about this anytime soon, but if you go professional <laughs> football or basketball, all those investors that come at you, I've heard more stories about the, them screwing athletes over who just listen to whatever they hear from them. I'm sure. So this guy was busted. He got caught red-handed in like a million lies, and the FBI told him, hey, we need some help trying to do something. What can you tell us? He told him about what's going on in the college basketball, which is hmm. agents will, like an agency firm will try to funnel money to a family. So it'll be like if you work with Adidas in some sort, you want to funnel money to kids to go to Louisville, who's an Adidas school, and you let them know, hey, you're getting money from Adidas. So when you go pro, you come Where sign with Adidas. Adidas. Yeah, yeah, like it's it's like a I'm signing you up at 17. So when you turn pro at 20, you come and sign with us. Sure. That's what came out first was the FBI said that there was a lot of teams, high-profile teams in college basketball that are caught up in the scandal going on with their funding. But, but let me ask something for, for clarification. This NBA agent kind of gets caught, and then he throws college basketball under the bus is what – Right. So this NBA saying. guy gets caught up. So the FBI uses him as an inside man. This Martin Blazer, he goes by Marty Blazer. Are they uh, already and investigating he, college basketball at this point? Or I is believe this, uh, so. Oh yeah. Okay. I believe they were. This is the beginning of their investigation. They wanted to get into sure. it, I think, but this was their way. This they is their way of getting going into on, a total Netflix didn't have somebody. show. Yeah, this is their. This is a total like. Let's start a show up because <laughs> it's wiretaps, it's text messaging, it's emails. They're doing everything. He's wearing a mic into meetings. He's going full blown undercover guy. Dude, you're so right. This is going to be the best show in 20 years. Oh, ever it's made. a 30 for 30, but not one episode, like a whole season, a 12 episode season. Yeah, this is it. like, oh man, that sounds awesome. And anyway, so this guy goes in and he's calling up player or calling up coaches and different assistants and saying, hey, Adidas is willing to pay you this much. Can you get him? And, and he goes, yes, I'll get you ex athlete to sign to this team, but I need this kind of money. And like, they're working out the whole thing. And that's the whole one. So the coaches are taking money off of getting these Supposedly, deals together. The head coaches, all the head coaches swear. They know nothing about it. Well, of course. Cause what, what I mean, I would too. And I think that's kind of the whole thing of the whole system is I've heard this and this. I love Duke. Don't get me wrong, but Kelvin Sampson is who, Mike Krzyzewski has as his assistant coach right now, and he was at OU previously, and he got in trouble at OU for paying players, and that's why he got fired. And so what I've heard is these head coaches, they hire an assistant to do the dirty work, and they don't want to know about it. They say, you do what you need to do, and I'm not going to be involved at all. So Krzyzewski doesn't know what's going on, but bags of money are getting dropped off at Zion Williamson's house, and that's why Duke has the top three recruits in the 2000. 18 class maybe i don't know but these head coaches basically say i don't know what the assistant coach is doing they they don't that's happening happening but they also purposely don't want to know like they're purposely turning away except for sean miller Miller, am i getting too far ahead take your time well so just recently that art that came out in september of 2017 that said there's high profile programs that are involved in this scheme and they got them all on wiretaps and different things, which is weird to me that the FBI is willing. Yahoo keeps leaking one of these every seems like 
three months or so, there's a new article saying a little more. It's never enough to like really condemn people until just recently there might be. But it's always just enough to tell you there's something really bad going on. We have some information. It's almost like the FBI is just leaking out news just to get people to try to come clean and be a rat, which is why this should be a Netflix story. But yeah. this this new this new report is from Christian Dawkins, who is a former agent for ASM, which is Andy Miller's agency. Andy Miller is a very or was a very prominent NBA agent. He had clients like Chris Dat Porzingis, Kevin Garnett in his heyday, Dwight Howard, Serge Ibaka, different players. And this this Dawkins, who's 25 years old, it's, we were just talking. I'm 24 and was worried about who's going to make my appointment for me. <laughs> Dawkins is a year older than me. And all of the news that we learned just recently is from his expense report where he wrote a bunch of players that are either just got drafted last year or are in college right now, how they got paid $10,000 or $15,000 or some up to $100,000. And this same Dawkins guy who we're using, basically we're using his expense report to say all these people are guilty. He was also accused of stealing credit card information from NBA players when he was 22 and using that to fund all his Uber rides, which mm. ended up, he got fined $550,000 for stealing credit card information. From who? Who fined his last him? Agents, his last FBI, agency or? took him to court, and they also were taking him to court because apparently while he was working for the agency before ASM, he was recruiting people to go to the agency he was fixing to move to while he was at this current one, and they fined him for a whole bunch of things. And they settled eventually. I don't know for what, but... I'm sure ASM and him had a part in just saying, hey, we'll pay you this much money if we just keep it down. So was his was this expense report? Was it just stupidity keeping up with these things and making a paper trail? Or was it like blackmail well, bait? That's what's interesting because the way it's it's labeled, there's pictures of it on y'all. You can go look. It says loans to athletes. And then it even says like bad loans to college players on it. Like it's, like it's just something totally ready to get found. Yeah, you're like you're asking for it by the way it's written in these expense reports. So it almost makes it sound it's, it makes it sound like a lot like this Marty Blazer where you catch someone who's totally guilty of something, and now we need you to put dirt on someone else. And I'm not saying this didn't happen, but th- this is what we're gonna go. We're gonna go off this guy who's very sketchy as it is. And he might have just made up these different reports. But that is interesting that you say that, though, because I feel like the the person that is running this ring is going to be someone that's a little bit sketchy anyway, right? Like somebody that's completely clean and polished. Yeah, the guy's got to be a little dirty to begin with. Um, But so as Dad mentioned, Mark Schleyball from ESPN is reporting that Sean Miller, the head coach at University of Arizona, the FBI has him recorded on a wiretap saying – Here's $100,000 to ensure that DeAndre Ayton, who's their stud big man right now, he's like number one or two on most draft boards. Here's $100,000 to ensure that he signs with Arizona. Well, but even more, Kevin, I want to say he he explicitly told whoever that only talk to him. Don't talk to what is there's a book Richardson that's involved and Dawkins, who I think got fired. Wasn't it Dawkins that said, no, this needs to be between me and you? Well, I think that whoever was talking to him wanted to keep talking to either Dawkins or this Books Richardson, who Arizona had already fired, I think in January. But Miller, I mean, how that 
that's what Bob – I like Sean Miller. I've always kind of liked him as a coach, thought he had some integrity. And then he's saying, only talk to me about money and is offering 100000 Now, it was a, it was money well spent because I've seen Aiton play. Aiton is legit beast. But I want to go ahead and put two things for Sean Miller – Steal $100,000 for DeAndre Ayton? <laughs> My God. If you watched him last night against Oregon, he had 17-11 at halftime in like three blocks. He's a beast. He is a beast. Listen to this. I don't want to get too too off what you're about to say, Dad, but Sean Miller has it in his contract. Darren Ravel reported, Sean Miller actually gets paid more on his buyout if he gets fired for reason. Yes. What? Double. He gets paid. Yes. yes. Uh, do you have it? I have it on my let phone. Me, I can pull I, let it me up. Read, yeah, yes. let me read this. So, this LJ, buckle Miller's, Buckle your seatbelt. <laughs> doing LJ. it right now. Sean Miller's contract provides that even if fired with calls, the university pays his base salary and peripheral. Peri- peripheral. I can't say that word very good, but the peripheral salary, which is $10.3 million through 2022. If he's fired with calls, he gets the ten point three. If fired without calls... He only gets five point one five million. So if they fire him without cause for no reason at all, he gets less money than if they fire him for a reason. How? That's what? Same. That's Mark Slaw- Slaybaugh. So, yeah. What? What? Who did? Yeah. Who's his agent? Who is his so, agent? Wow. This got me thinking a little bit. I swear these coaches and their agents just put as much as they possibly can into a contract. And just hope one of them gets overlooked or something. Because how would you? No, why would you do that? You, yeah, that's how you do it. You know what it tells me? What it tells me is that the Board of Regents at Arizona knows there's a little shenanigans going on. But we don't think he'll get and caught. And they're willing. To, it, they don't think he'll get caught. But they're saying, do whatever you have to do to get us a winning team. We'll we'll pay you even if you get fired with cause, which is with cause is cheating in the NCAA. But we're going to pay you. Do what we know is going on. Just be smart and don't get caught. That's kind of what I'm well, getting out of no, that. But I feel like that says the opposite of that. I think that says that they don't know because he's almost incentivized to get caught doing something, right? No, uh, that don't fair. want to get fired, but... He's not. He's getting ten point three million through twenty twenty two. I think he would get more if he was working. That's a good point. But he's still going to get rewarded fairly handsomely for trying to play the game. So you're saying the contract was like we're we're going to pay you regardless, but I want you to know that we're taking care of you if something happens. That's so, what I got out of it, LJ. Well, so take this as you want to, LJ. Yesterday they had a game against Oregon, and he decided that he was not going to coach in the game. Amid all okay. the rep- the reports came out late Friday night, early Saturday morning, and he decided he wasn't going to coach. And we don't know if he's with the team at all or if he'll be coaching next game. We don't know anything about it, but he said that he expects to be vindicated and that right now it's in the best interest, interest of Arizona for him not to be on the sideline. It seems to me that him, one, deciding not to coach and basically getting out of the spotlight – and the way his contract's written, seems like he's pretty guilty to me. And they, they reportedly have him on a wiretap. But we don't know that money has changed hands. We just know that he said he would get $100,000 to But him. that's enough, right? But money doesn't have to change hands. You would think, If he yeah. says, I'll get you $100,000. Well, for it to be, a, to be an NCAA penalty, there has to be a change of hands. The money has to be moving. Okay. I mean, I think, though, what you're saying about him kind of getting out of the spotlight – 
Um, that doesn't ring true of anything like that to me. That that means essentially nothing, because I think if you are innocent, the the biggest thing that could happen is a few details that look shady come out. And since you're in the spotlight every single day, they get out of control. Whereas if you say, I'm going to step back until this sorts itself out because I didn't do anything, but like, let's let the public stop talking about it and the FBI and the court start talking about it instead. So I don't think it necessarily says he's guilty or not guilty. I don't ah, think that necessarily I know all the coaches all. so far, because there was, there was, I think, 11 players in college basketball right now that were involved in this thing going on that it was Colin Sexton, Alabama, Wendell Carter at Duke, Miles Bridges over at Michigan State, and a couple of others. And all the coaches came to their defense and said that they don't believe any of this is true, and as far as they know, they don't think any of it. And so they kept playing, and Aiton played as well. So we'll see. This case is going to be a long case, and it's going to take a while to come out, which kind of reminds me back to why is little bit by little bit keep getting leaked out unless the FBI is trying to say, hey, Tom Izzo, hey, Mike Krzyzewski, hey, Sean Miller, come clean now. Well, I think that might be – yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think it's just uh, if enough little details come out, somebody's going to say, oh, I think they've got me. So I'd better talk right now. I'd better let – I'd better make sure that I'm on the good side of the FBI well, then- because they know enough to put me away now if they just connect the dots or whatever. But if they start talking, they're done, right? I mean, it doesn't matter. Well, they're done. But if if the FBI figures that it's the prisoner's dilemma where if nobody speaks up and they never get enough evidence, then sure, you get off scot-free. But somebody is going to be the first person to say something if this is actually happening. And the first person to say something gets the best deal. Everybody else goes to jail for a long time, pays a huge fine. First person to say something gets a slap on the wrist and a thank you card for, you know, doing the FBI assault. Well, any of these coaches, do you think, will they go to jail for this? I mean, is this... There's possible jail time being... The report that came out last September, it was accusing some assistant coaches and and possible jail time, but it was no... They didn't mention any, like, Tom Izzo or Krzyzewski or Sean Miller or Roy Williams, Bill Self. None of those guys got accused of anything. It was all assistant coaches. Which is right. kind of going back to what I said, where it's kind of the way if if this is how it works, what the FBI is saying and what these reports are saying, these head coaches pay assistant coaches to say, "Hey, here's your job. You're the fall guy if anything goes wrong." You know, and I almost hate to say it, but I almost get that. I mean, there there might be a reason that you go. You know, I don't want to know exactly what you do. I don't want to know how you do it. Just take care of business. But that's where Sean Miller, if if he's really, and all we know, it's alleged that there's an FBI FBI wiretap right. with him on we the phone talking it. about a hundred thousand dollars. We haven't heard this. There, it's just alleged. If he did, that seems stupid to me, because yeah, if you've got an assist, it's like Chris Carter said, you know, have, have your fall, <laughs> fall guy, guy in the car, dude. <laughs> have you got to take the heat? And and I, I I mean I'm not saying that's right, but that you almost understand. Sean Miller, if he really did this, I don't understand that. That well, seems the thing is, let's I mean, let's go from paying players net like like this is saying, or like the Louisville scandal where supposedly strippers were at the dorm room. Go watch go watch He Got Game. It tells you this stuff's going on. Blue Chippers tells you this stuff's going on in movies. It's known that- I mean, this has been happening since T V contracts. 
Lonzo Ball told us the other day, they asked him about it, and he goes, man, every, everyone knows what's going on in college basketball. It's The thing is, is where I keep coming back to is these kids are making the NCAA billions of dollars. And we're mad because they might have taken 10000 here, 20000 there. Where does the NCAA fall blame to this? And most of it is is small size. Most sums. of it is. The max so far the max that they've found is DeAndre Ayton's hundred thousand, which, like we said, is a steal. Yeah, your boy your boy at the Mavericks took some money apparently. He's listed supposedly, on this whole thing. He took about seventy is what they Dennis alleged. Dennis Smith took seventy three thousand dollars and some change. I have heard some different things that said it was Post his AC, he had ACL surgery right after he got on campus with NC State. On his extra ACL, by the way. <laughs> and that some of that money might have got used for that. But still, he took some money. He took some money that might have been illegal. Who knows? Allegedly. But like you mentioned, Dad, in 2010, the NCAA, a 501c3 nonprofit, who we'll get into that a little bit later, but they signed a 14-year, $10.8 billion contract with CBS and Turner Sports. That was in 2010. Then, in April of 2016, they extended that deal for $8.8 billion more that will keep the tournament on those networks through 2032. So they're making a lot of money off of March Madness, off of all this. While we're doing numbers, one more little number that I added up. So they're paying about $1.1 billion per year to do the tournament, okay? To do NCAA basketball and the tournament. Sure. Last year during the NCAA tournament, they made $1.24 billion in advertising revenue. Who did? One point, the networks. Uh, CBS. CBS okay. and T- TNT and Turner. Okay, the networks. And, you know, the their, networks. Their networks. Okay. The networks. That I assume uh, ostensibly split up the $8.8 billion between them to, to air all this. But $1.24 billion minus $1.1 billion is $140 million. So it sounds to me like TBS, TNT, I think True TV, and CBS are somehow splitting the $140 million pie. That's still a big, big piece of pie in year one. Yeah. So that, that's, I mean, that's a lot of money. You're spending $1.1 billion, but you're making $140 million right. on that. That's a lot of money. I don't know what percentage that is. It's still a lot of money, though. Like a percent. And then you have, let's go look at the, the average for the Power Five commissioners in NCAA. This is all numbers from 2014, is the latest I could find. But the Pac 12 commissioner, Larry Scott, made $3.4 million then. The Big 12 commissioner, Bob Bowlesby, made $2.3 million. Jim Delaney from the Big 10 made over $3 million. The ACC, John Swafford, made $2 million. And Mike Slive, who was the SEC commissioner, but now it's Greg Sankey. He made $2.05 million. Sankey's making way more than that now that they have the SEC network. So there's so much money being given around. Why can't some of these athletes get some of the money? Agreed. Why is that so terrible? And mostly what I saw, it was like $2,000 here to get up, you know, it helped the family get to the game or something like that. I mean, that doesn't seem that bad. Well, that's what I'd write down, too, when I wanted to True. buy something worth $2,000. But. Um, I, I think there is a, a question of where, how, how the money is going to be dispersed, right? Like, are you paying the women basketball players too? But I suspect that's not. where, that's where it gets, that's where it gets interesting because, and you have to legally, ethically, you have to, a ethically and legally, to, you ought to, 
But Title they, they don't make the states same that you have to treat. You have to treat the the sexes equally. And so um, if the football players get paid so much, then the female volleyball players should get paid on a similar scale. Well, could they be paid on a scale relative to what their sport makes the university? I, I mean, would that be I unfair? I think technically that is unfair. Um Due to Title IX specifically, not I mean I don't I don't know how fair it is ethically, but I think legally that is considered unfair. So you're suggesting that if they decide tomorrow to pay every male NCAA football and basketball player twenty five thousand dollars a year, mm-hmm. that they should pay every female basketball, basketball, and- softball, yeah volleyball and every male lacrosse player. I mean I think I think you you end up in a situation where where do we put the cutoff line and and I don't think it's easy to draw that cutoff line. How about just minimum wage? Just pay them for the hours they put in that they spend in practice, you know, or right? I mean I think that's a wonderful Game, idea. Review. But uh I mean do you think that's really going to stop the Adidas money that'll give them well, uh, $100,000? And that's my next thing. It goes just like if you've ever watched your your Netflix shows, like The Wire. Someone gets caught, and someone else finds a way to do it better. Mm-hmm. They're gonna. This is gonna keep happening. It's just the way it. Because these agents, especially with basketball, I'm sure it's happening in football as well. But in basketball, you're such. You can basically tell from those top some of the when those really good players come in high school. That guy's going to at least make it to the NBA. He might not mm-hmm. be LeBron James, but Harrison Barnes is going to end up being a good NBA player for 10 years. So they're going to jump on that from an early age. They're going to try to give him money, which gets us into the next topic, one and done. When are we just going to tell people you don't have to go to college? That's where this big issue is. I mean, I think ASAP, yeah. And that's not a college That's not a college rule. That's an NBA rule. Well, but they're in cahoots together. I mean, they're... They work together to make sure that what's best for both games happens. They're not, they're not, the NBA is not just making these rules without considering how college basketball is going to feel about it. I think they've got deals in place to keep March Madness exciting because well, it makes, that's when the most people tune into basketball. Well, what's interesting about it from what I've gathered is the NBA is a proponent of the one and done rule because it gives them one more year of scouting to where these True. guys don't come straight out of high school and they're bust. So it makes it to where they don't pick Kwame Brown in the first round. Maybe they watch him for a year and realize, oh, he's not the number one pick in the draft. We shouldn't take him. It's the NBA just trying to do what's best for them. And then college basketball, it's not good for them because there's no way. I mean, I I guess partly it makes college basketball interesting because you get to see Kevin Durant for a year at Texas Mm -hmm. or, or something of that matter. But really in college basketball, you need those guys to stay for a year or two or three and make it Make some rivalries. Make it like when Michigan played Duke two years in a row when the Fab Five were there. But one and done is better than none, though. At least you get Derrick Rose. I don't know. I think it's almost backfired because, I mean, I guess you do get that one year. But you just get one. You don't it. get years to really connect where Kentucky fans will be Kentucky fans. But if a guy stays at Kentucky for two or three years, I become – the reason I'm a Duke fan is because J.J. Redick was there for multiple years. If he'd have been there one year, okay. I probably would. Ju- I mean, I, I would have liked the player, not the college. We had this argument this week, and this is right in line with this. I think the best player that's ever come out of the University of Arkansas is Sidney Moncrief. I think he played four years before he went pro. You could argue Joe Johnson is probably the best Arkansas Razorback that's ever played. I mean, that is an arguable fact, but he played one, maybe two years. We didn't get to know him and love him and and and, and embrace him. And I hate that. 
I, I really, I don't know the answer to this, but I know Sidney Moncrief is the reason I went to the University of Arkansas, and I'm dating myself. Some people that don't know, he was a really good ball player back in the day. He really was. But Joe Johnson, who was there, I think, for two, two years, years, is is probably a better person. He certainly made a lot more money <laughs> than lot Sidney money. ever made. I mean, even even adjusting for the cost of inflation, blah, 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 he's made a tremendous amount of but money. But I think the fact that he was there gives Arkansas fans something to be excited about, something to watch the team for next year because they might have that recruit again. Um, whereas if you've got – if you don't take the high school athletes that are amazing and, you know, they just end up going to the NBA, you've almost just got the CFL. You know, you've got some – third rate league that is a scout team for the guys that couldn't make it to the NBA and might have a pretty good shot at not making it to the NBA. Were we not though, before this one and done back when players were going pro Kobe too early, LeBron. Sebastian Telfair, Kobe. Well, LeBron. yeah, Sebastian Telfair is the too early. Yeah. Yeah. There, there, there's, there's cases of both the T max and the Telfairs. There's both, but were we not still watching March madness for every game and filling out all our brackets? I don't care what you say. The fact what the one and done tournament is with March Madness, we're going to watch it regardless because it's just it's fun to watch. The one and done hurts NCAA, I think. I don't know. I think you're going to watch it regardless. I don't know about the average. Uh, you think the American. average fans going, I want to watch Kevin Durant. They're just. Well, no, Kevin. Yeah, Kevin Durant. Grandma was the biggest Kevin Durant fan ever. And how much college basketball does she watch? Uh, Texas college basketball or college well, grandpa basketball? watches Texas college basketball. I don't think grandma sits around watching a lot of it. You'd be, you'd be surprised. Right, I might be surprised. Good talks about mm. Texas basketball. I might be surprised that sure. I would be but, surprised, but, but I don't okay. think that would All be right. an unusual situation for someone to have been a huge Kevin Durant fan in that year that he was there because he's the local hero. You know, I just, I get what you're saying. We're going to solve this before we're well, done. And but the way, here's how it gets solved. And I think Adam Silver is on it. They need to go to the same model that soccer's gone into. The thing about these really good NBA players, you can tell, like at 15, they knew LeBron was, there was something different about LeBron than there are about the average 15-year-old. This kid's 6'2 and faster, stronger, everything. So you, you, you set up these, these academies to where they do basketball for four hours a week or for four hours a day, and they still go to classes, but you said schedule it up, and then as soon as they get done with high school, they want they can go to college or they can go into the G League, which is basically going to be – it's what the NBA, the D League, is now called the G League, and they're going to set that up to be a minor league like baseball does to where these guys can go straight to the G League, go get paid, whether it be it might be small, but the league minimum's more than a hundred thousand, which is eight what Aiton got. So now you can go get paid, help your family out, and if you're really good, you'll be a stud by nineteen eighteen. That's fair. I mean, and Silver's working on that because that makes more sense for him to go ahead. If you're a scout, let's. If you're a scout, you'd rather go ahead and have Sebastian Telfair, for example. I hate to keep bringing him up, but. You'd rather have him in your building from age 17 and pay him smaller amount and know at 19 whether it's worth giving him $3 million a year or not. I think you'd rather go ahead and groom him up. I think there's another solution, too, um, that is like kind of the Olympic model, but also I would consider it the any other college student model. Um, where if I want to, when I was in college, if it needs a, be- it needs a better name, by the way. 
it's it's a complicated name, but it's effective <laughs> because it tells you exactly what it means. Um, the so when I was in college, if uh, I gained some notoriety as a stage presence, which of course I never did for obvious reasons. Um, but if I had, because you chose the personality, not the looks, right? Exactly. Um, but if I had, then if a car company wanted to use me as an endorsement and I advertise for them, then I could have done that. Nobody would have ever cared. It's not like I would have lost a theater scholarship or something like that. Um, I don't understand why the players can't market their own, uh, oh, image. Agreed. That's the biggest problem. I think if, if, uh, if, Sebastian Telfair wants to sell his shoes while he's in his year of college. Uh, I think that's totally acceptable and wouldn't if make a people deal. are willing to pay Johnny Manziel for his autograph, then by all means yeah. sign away. And then that way the, because the Texas A&M is making money off of when the colleges don't have to worry about how do we deal with the sports that make less money, but we still have to pay equally. The only thing they really have to worry about is now they will potentially have 18 year old millionaires on campus, which Will be a pain. That will be a, a struggle. But what if, what if uh, um, Manziel or Telfair or whoever you were talking about there, uh, or you, LJ, if you were doing the car dealership advertisements, half half of your money has to go to university athletics to pay the other students, and half of the money goes in a trust fund for you after you're 21 years old. I mean, would that be a workable solution? I think it'd be that, workable, but I think I'd, I'd say let's take the model where your worth was your worth. One of the problems with paying the athletes – uh, from the university is the universities that make more money or have, if we're having this option, the universities with the athletes with the most endorsement deals, they can pay their offensive linemen more money um, who won't get the endorsement deals than, you know, say the Memphis Tigers could. Mm. Um, and so then why would you ever go play for Memphis if, you know, you can get paid more at, say, University of Central Florida, who uh, has had those two amazing linebackers in the past couple of years. So so I think I think you pay the players what they're worth by not paying them at all, but letting them go pursue their own payment from whatever sources there might be, be it advertising or making. Well, so the NCA profit, which it's actually got I was trying to Google up and see how because at one point. I remember as an Arkansas fan when Darren McFadden and Felix Jones and Peyton Hillis were all there. You could, I have a number five Arkansas mm-hmm. jersey. It doesn't say McFadden on the back, but everybody knows it's a McFadden jersey. At the time, the NCAA was selling their top, like there was fifteen Florida jerseys while Tebow mm-hmm. was there. A and M was selling two Manziel jerseys. There's been a lawsuit since. And there's not as many of those. The only one I found, I was looking through like the top basketball schools. The only one I found was Duke still sells a number 15 jersey, which is Paul, uh, the Grayson Allen's jersey. But it's also just a very tip, atypical number. It's not necessarily, they weren't selling Marvin Bagley's number 35, sure. who's their top player. So the NCAA doesn't do that as much anymore. But they still, those players' likenesses do make their. Appearance makes the the campus money, yeah. makes the teams money. So if if I'm Marvin Bagley for Duke, if someone like you're saying a local car salesman's willing to pay me money to be on their commercial, if you can fit that in between your classes and your practice time, well, and that is by the, all means that is the way like, that the Olympics ahead. work too, and it's been very successful. Is Olympic athletes have to be amateur athletes, barring some situations like the the basketball teams and stuff like that. But traditionally, they're they're amateur athletes. Which means you can't get 
paid to play your sport, but Michael Phelps can still take a subway endorsement whenever he wants to or whatever like that. And so I, I it's been successful in the Olympics and the NCAA doesn't want to try it. Uh, and I really can't come up with a good reason besides they don't want rich 18 year olds running around the campuses, which is where I think you're getting to. But yeah. it's just not a good enough reason. I mean, it's just yeah. I mean, how did the Olympics change? How did the Olympics change to allow like NBA players? What was their what was the what did they I, say to make? That I don't happen? know, but I know that it probably has a lot to do with America said we're tired of losing. So let's lost. change. They lost. Let's change the rules. And they changed the rules when America didn't win the basketball yeah, what, like the 80s or something like that well but. men's hockey we don't we don't let in i think it's an nhl rule not an olympics rule but the uh, nhl doesn't allow they don't it, I, I don't know i, I the NHL, nhl players, players were not allowed to play in the shout olympics out to uh john payne who's been talking to me lately he would know the answer to that he's been on us about not including hockey in our show um <laughs> I I got, he's i'm Black wearing Hawks my blackhawks hat right now i yeah. got my blackhawks hat on right now okay. by the way. that's not john payne he's a stars fan yeah, he's, he's a star he does not want to hear that yeah yeah and uh just so the world knows that we've left him out the stars are probably going to get a wild card shot in the playoffs and the blackhawks are bottom of the division so uh go it's to a, john payne the blackhawks have just decided right. we're going to take a year off and then next year right we'll it's be back and it's it's yeah. just a, a relaxation it's the honeymoon from the championship that they yeah didn't win last year either, but uh, <laughs> well, um, just in case, John. So we we called John's dad Don this weekend because he's kind of a horse race fanatic. So he was helping us pick some horses, and he said so in the first race, pick basically horses one through seven and pair them with the three in the next, and blah 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 blah. You sure. know who won that first race? Horse number eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so we bet every combination with. We bet every combination with horse one and everything, two and everything, three and everything, four, all the way through seven, and number but not eight. eight. <laughs> but not eight. Oh, uh, that's funny. Yeah. But anyway. I, I think the there's also a big portion of the NHL players don't want to play in the Olympics because the Stanley Cup is more of a valuable trophy and the chances of them getting injured in the Olympics is higher than they would prefer. I think I've heard that. I wish we wouldn't have sent pros to the Olympics in basketball, personally. Even yeah. if we didn't win it every year, I wish we yeah. wouldn't have done that. I agree but. with that. Well, which also gets to – I mean, it's just the same. Like you're saying, they don't want to go to the Olympics because chance of injury and the Stanley Cup is more important. Why – if you're Ben Simmons, what was going to LSU for that year? That just wasted a year you could be at Philadelphia. Yeah. There's no – like, I guess he could have won it, which I agree with Dad partly. If it were my choice, and maybe this changes a little bit because I know my mom and dad were okay. Like it's not like mom and dad were rich or anything, but they were fine. They didn't mm-hmm. like they weren't starving, so I could go live the college experience. If you can, I think you should go live the college experience. Yeah. Go play college Very basketball. Valuable. But some of the, some of these kids, their parent like they might just be with mom or just with dad, and food is not always on the they table. So if someone will pay them. Yeah. A hundred thousand, or shoot the NBA, a couple million. Mm-hmm. Sign me up right now. Yeah. Hey, if so Sean I don't, Miller I don't wanted get to pay, at all. if he wanted to pay a hundred thousand for you to come play basketball at Arizona, Kevin, I'd have listened. <laughs> I would have listened. <laughs> have don't, that conversation. Well, don't expect that call anytime. Don't expect no. that call anytime soon. Getting jiggy with it. There you go. <laughs> Getting jiggy with it. Yes. yes. So. There we go. Okay. Was Nile Rogers involved in it? Nile Rogers was from Chic. I might have get some bonus points. For- <laughs> as long as I got my suit and tie. Oh, that's- <laughs> yep. It is. Uh-
California knows how to party. And tonight on the hotline. All right. Are we ready for the next one? Yeah, I think we are. Perfect. Let's keep this lead going. Oh. Oh, uh, got it. Kevin's got it already. Got, right. got it. Got it. <laughs> oh, Dad, you better get this. I know this one. And that's I pretty much what the whole song sounds like. I mean, that's shaggy. It wasn't me, right? And she cut me red yeah. hair. Absolutely, right? I don't know how I let this happen. The girl next door, you know? I don't know what to do. And also you. So there's that one. I wish you listeners could see us jamming every time we play a song. <laughs> yeah, viewers, you would love it. <laughs> Original artist. War. It's called um, Smile Happy. And I just know, like, war. I wish they By could war. see us jamming, uh-huh. but I just know, like, someone's at work listening to this and they're jamming too. Like, all of a sudden, that yeah. something comes on. Yeah. And I oh, love yeah. the, the dial. I could just see that dialogue between those two people in the song where he's like, "What? I yeah. don't know what to do. And the friends are just like, <laughs> shit, just say it <laughs> wasn't true. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like when. The when not till you die, die man. song, they knew Shaggy was going to use it for the exact same reason. <laughs> yeah. So here's your next one. <laughs> Uh, got it, got it. Who sings it? Um, Grandma's hand. That part didn't right. help me, but I knew it. Do you know it, Dad? Help me. Uh, if say part what you know, and I might can I might be able to. Uh, well, if it. you got the artist, it's no diggity, isn't it? Uh huh. Yes, yep. it is. No diggity. So. I like to back it yeah. up. You know what? Yeah. So this is no diggity. I like to play. Play on, play on. No doubt. So there we go. Do you uh, know the original? I don't at all. I know you no, do. No, I don't. Oh, uh, Dad, you're gonna be mad. It's uh, Grandma's Hands by Bill Withers. Yes. Hey-o. It is. Really? <laughs> yeah, that is a good song. It's it's a beautiful song too. Like it's a really nice song. But um, Dude, in the original okay. artist, uh, I don't just know Black one. Street. Can I, I used a PED though. Did you just Google it? <laughs> no, I used my Spotify account though. All right, that is directly. cheating. <laughs> he was definitely that looking down cheating. at something. <laughs> oh, uh, we're gonna have to check the tape, see if I got it in before you Googled I, it. <laughs> I don't remember the rule saying no cheating. If you're not cheating, you don't want it bad enough. Okay. <laughs> that is a good point. That is a good point. Cheating is allowed uh, unless it's specifically not. not. Yeah. Some of these songs well, from here on out you can't Google. Yeah, from here on out, can't no. Spotify it. Okay, well, if I would have known the rules when we started, if I would have known oh my that gosh. was wrong, okay. All right. All right. So, all right, we ready yeah, for the let's, next let's, one, guys? Let's hit it. Please save us. <laughs> all right, <laughs> and here we go. Got it. I needed the, the song though. Okay, I know that's Which Beyonce, Jay Z. Uh, Beyonce? Is it not Jay Z no. then? Right, is it not Jay? I thought it was Jay Z's Beyonce song. It's Jay Z, but it is not Beyonce. Oh. Can I say since he got I thought hubby and wife were no. on that together. Um, no, no. Can it I, is, can do you I know hear, the name of the song? Can I hear it one more time? I'm singing. I got the lyrics going in my I head right now. I know the original artist, but I can't think of her name. All right, let's play it one more time. Really? You get the original. I'll get the... You guys are a good team. I'm just yeah, throwing that are. out there. 
this is gonna bug me. Oh, this is gonna is bug me. This is gonna mm-hmm. bug me because I have the song on a playlist. I listen to it. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> I don't know. It's a, I'm, I got the lyrics in my head, but I can't think of the song. I guess get over to LJ unless Dad, you know some hove. I, well, I no, I know potentially the 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 original, but that sounded like a dude. So I'm thinking even the. No, you think so? Oh, that's, that's, a that's definitely a woman. Because because okay, he goes, I, yeah. I can't what do you think, think of her name? Oh my God! When you say it, I'm gonna. Because I know Jay Z goes in. Well, <sighs> this was the back side of a 45. I mean, I had the 45 of this. And the, the other side <laughs> was awesome. the one, and the back side was this song. Do you remember what the other side was? No, and that was one of my favorite all-time songs, and it's escaping me right oh, now. Man. We'll have to look. She it also, up. Did we'll look it up. also did the name game. She also did the song, the name game. The oh. like Hannah Banna Bobina. Or yeah, whatever. but she did it more cool than you just did. But yeah, similar. <laughs> that was not cool. Well, so, that was pretty cool. Do I she get did it, it even cooler yeah, than that. Can I get any points okay, so, if I know Jay Z um, says if Jesus paying LeBron, I'm paying Dwayne Wade. He says that in the song. Like I'm singing it in my head. I just can't. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I don't think so. Yeah, but no, I don't think so. Can you tell me the uh, the first words of the song though? Uh, about love on a two way street. Oh, that's the original. <laughs> oh, not that one. Not the the original. But um, but lift. That's the that's the name of the original song. Christy is that the original artist? Christy song? No. Oh, I'm gonna know. No, her. but you get points for knowing the original song okay. though. That's points. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I, I guess we, we gotta, we gotta toss. It. Gosh, okay. I know it. So that's one point. What, well, what is it? Let me, let me hear it. Or let me hear LJ. Empire State of Mind by Jay Z and Alicia Keys. Yes. <laughs> That right there, yep. like when the beat's in it, that was in my head. I had it going. I just could not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That one's really cool because they slowed it down a lot or they sped it up a lot. And so it like really, oh, first off, I thought Alicia Keys played it. So that's kind of disappointing. Can I go through my uh, 45s? If uh, I could go through just, my 45s right quick. <laughs> I, <got> <laughs> <laughs> I mean, will it really be quick? Because I kind of want to see it. I really do want to see it. Oh, tell have. me who That'd it is. Awesome. I'm ready. Tell me who it is. Uh, it is The Moments is their mm. name. Okay. Well, you're wrong. No there was clue. an individual yeah. female artist that redid it. I will have that for you later. I will figure that out. Okay. S- stay tuned. <laughs> I will say right. just a little side note. As far as rappers covering some samples, Jay Z and Kanye do it as good as anybody. Well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they are just good at Where's picking like out something Dre? and put it into a song. I've heard some Dre samples that are basically like, let's just take this song and add an 808 to it and be done. Like, that's the whole thing. It's like, come on. Well, Dre. like California Love, like he just like. Yeah. 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 There wasn't much different there. He just said, hey, Joe Cocker, you did the you same did good. song. I just- do. <laughs> <laughs> you did I guess right. why I fixed what I broke. For those of our <laughs> listeners sitting on the edge of their seats, waiting to know who that <laughs> artist was, it was Stacy Lattisaw. Stacy Lattisaw is that what you, did that one. Is that what you had in your head? I mean, no, it, it was it's exactly what I had in, our, in my head, and I looked it yeah. up. The top, nice. mo- the top w- was the moments. Obviously, the it's go the figure. He song. googled it. Well, I did it after the fact. We lost the points. <laughs> yeah, point. was- yeah, no points to be had there. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad that you said that because I was I was gonna lose sleep tonight if I didn't know. Oh, Stacy so Lattisaw, our best song was "Let Me Be that. Your Angel." Y'all gotta listen to that sometime. Let me be your angel. Listen right, to that write later. It down. But okay. stay. Keep listening to us for now. Keep listening yeah, to this. Don't listen now. Don't, don't turn this off. Please, yeah, don't turn this off. <laughs> we'll say it right at the end of the podcast, just so you remember to do it. 
Right, we ready for the next <laughs> one, guys? <laughs> we are. Let's let's move on to the next yeah. one. Okay, next one. <laughs> I need you, Dad. Oh man, I need you here, for, Dad. For some reason, I, I, the group Berlin's coming to mind. Is am I even in the neighborhood? No, uh, you're in the neighborhood, yeah, but yeah, you're in the neighborhood. You're in the neighborhood, but no, you're also not in the neighborhood at all. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's, like I in mean, some it's, way, the there's track. a weird connection. I think. Yeah. Ah, all right, five more seconds. Guys. I'm close. Uh, um, uh, can, well, vertigo, not vertigo. Um, I'm on it. I'm oh. on it. I'm on it. Uh, off the top rope. No. <laughs> Can we get yeah. one more listen? We get a second listen, right? Yeah. One more listen. I mean, it's it's 90s movie. Girls are driving like, in a convertible with their hair flowing. Like this, like I'm giving you a visual image of what you're listening to. There. I'm going to know it when you say it. I'm going to know it. I listened to this probably two weeks this game. ago. Damn. LJ, it's tossed right. over to you. Bittersweet Symphony by the Verve Pipe. The Verve Pipe. Mm. The Verve Pipe. Yeah, that's yeah. correct. Bittersweet it Symphony. Is, yeah. And I. Yep. Bum, bum, bum. That's a jam. Yeah, this is. That was correct. So the original. Wait, wait, wait. Oh. I can tell you're you so an right, album though. that it's on. <laughs> oh. It, it was on like something called like the Rolling Stones songbook because like an orchestra, I believe an orchestra that wrote that song played with the Rolling Stones a lot or something like that. I don't know. That might not be worth any points, but I just let's throw that information out there. for. The <laughs> You're listeners. totally right, though, LJ, that you are right in that this is the gap of where like I kind of I heard it with you or something, but I don't know yeah. it, know it. And this is in your wheelhouse. Yeah, 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 yeah. this is my wheelhouse. 90s alternative rock. <laughs> Don't test me. <laughs> so you were saying, so what were you, what were you saying? Well, I was saying that, that I knew an album that was on. I don't think that the original was on. Or? Yes. Oh, okay. So you, so you do, you said it was an orchestra. Yes. Yeah. So that is, I mean, it was the Andrew Oldham orchestra and it's called, the song is called the last time 1965 is when it was oh, made. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. That was a big hit yeah, for so the that's Verve the original. Pipe. Maybe the only hit. No, okay. Well, that was their that hit. Was yeah. <clears throat> I need you to carry your weight there, Dad. That's that's where your side of the team. I should have had that, Kev. I let you down, man. <laughs> I let the team down. Okay. <laughs> well, I didn't. I didn't get Empire State of Mind by Jay Z. So we we both had some letdowns <laughs> in here. Hey, we got a score update. Sure, it's five and a half to four. Uh, who's in who? favor of Kevin and Liff are five and a half, and oh, it's you damn it's right. It's close. With the Winter Olympics wrapping up, I was curious to know what y'all's interest was in in the Winter Olympics. Did y'all watch much? What did you think about? I it? tried to, but I was really busy, and I was so I was interested enough to like know that it was going on, and to like every now and again check a highlights reel. But I, I the Super Bowl, it's like let's let's keep this night off completely. The Winter Olympics is like uh. If I catch something, I catch something, and otherwise I won't. I, I was like that a lot. I, I found myself almost making myself watch a little bit. I felt a little obligation to watch. I was disappointed mm-hmm. in America's results, uh, I guess, in them. 
But okay, a few events that I liked. I like that half pipe. I like Sean White. I like like watching yeah. Sean White. I like watching that downhill racing, whatever they call the slalom, that they're just burning. Yeah. Luging? Luge, I didn't watch. I would have liked the speed skating, too. The speed Ah. skating where they're going in that little tight circle. Yeah. Who was that? Apollo Ono? Apollo Ono, yeah, back back in the day. That's awesome. Um, Lindsey Vaughn, you know, in that downhill uh, ski thing. But, you know, the cross-country skiing. What's the biathlon where you ski and shoot? I don't don't even get that. Well, Um, but uh, that one actually sounds – I didn't watch any of it. But that sounds really interesting to me because, you know, shooting takes – a lot of uh, strength to hold into position. And so if you're skiing for, I don't know how long, but then have to do this like really uh, specific accuracy test. I, that sounds really tough and, and a really unique skill set. To, to your point. Yeah. So if you're cross country skiing, I did see a little of the cross country skiing, which is part of the biathlon. Right. And mm-hmm. those guys would get across the finish line and they're exhausted so oh, yeah. if you're cross country skiing and then you've got to kneel down, and I think some of them were you were shooting prone, you know, in a in a lying mm-hmm. position, you have to calm your your heart down. You have and your breath, your your, your breath, yeah, is- and your breath. You're physically exerting yourself, and then all of a sudden you have to stop and be calm and hit a very tight target. I get the talent of it. I'm not going to just watch don't care to watch it. it. <laughs> yeah, I just don't care to watch it. But I agree, it sounds more interesting to think about than to actually pay attention to. But well, the um, last thing I kind of had, who, who was, okay, Johnny Weir was a, Johnny Hairdo Weir was a, <laughs> I think a figure, was he a figure skater? Was I he a couples figure so. skater or a male I single? Didn't, I didn't know who that person was until this uh, year. Yeah, Johnny Weir was a former figure skater. Yeah. Well, who was Tara Lipinski then? I do remember that name. Was she, also a, a former uh, figure but skater. But not pairs. They were individual figure skaters or? um. I mean, I think they probably both competed in pairs. I don't. I don't know that they ever paired together. Um, okay. No. Yeah, I didn't expect but, they did. But they were, but they were definitely individuals also. Well, like Scott Hamilton. You know, Scott Hamilton has to be the man that loves figure skating more than anybody else on earth. He is. Sure. You know, he is the figure skating commentator now. Um, but that was my, that was my relationship with the Winter Olympics. I guess. What about you, well, bro? So was it. Was it luge that was the sport where they – what was the sport where they sprint alongside a board and then they jump on the board and they the go skeleton. down? Is that what it was? The skeleton's that one sport. guy, isn't it? Yeah, skeleton's a one-guy team. It was one team. person, yeah, and they lay down and they're like laying down, most of them head first on their stomach. Yeah, that skeleton. And they're flying. Yeah, Absolutely and that, flying. That, that looks like, looked like one the most fun, scary thing in the world to me. Yes. And how do they steer? Like, they steer with weight, right? There's nothing steering. So. It's all I just so. It's essentially a sled, I think. Yeah. It's just a sled, yeah. And it's so, it's <clears throat> one, like LJ said, I want to do it because it looks so fun, but I would never be able to do it. Yeah. Like, I, I don't have the the gonads to pull that off. Like, <laughs> I just that. couldn't do it. True that. There was another sport. I think it, I think it was that one, but they wore the suits that they wore for it. I don't know if y'all saw them, but they were like really, really tight suits. Yeah. <laughs> so for for a man, they show a lot of things. And not only that, <laughs> but Under Armour, who designs the suits, like made it to wear right in the groin section. <laughs> it's a different color than the rest of their entire suit. Yeah. So not only does that point stand out a little because the man <laughs> has point, something there. but point is a word. They also like highlight and say, hey, look right here. <laughs> 
Ooh, I just, don't know what to say about that. Um, you know, it was just the weird design. There were a lot of weird choices like that, too. I think uh, women's speed skating is something uh, the listeners at home maybe go check out. Well, and Under Armour's response to why they highlighted the men's groins in those very tight uniforms <laughs> was that friction is a big issue for those athletes and that this, this fabric's a different different type of fabric that doesn't allow friction. But you could have done it red just like the rest of the uniform. It didn't need to be bright white. Kev, you're going to have to tweet a – I didn't see that. You're going to have to tweet a picture out of that, I think. I might need to see that. So I'll tweet a, I'll tweet a picture out on the JPP podcast. Yeah, put it on the but JPP So speaking tweet, of the yeah. people that go down hills very fast, I don't know if you guys caught that uh, our boy, you remember Sam McGuffey, was on the bobsled team. Oh, I the, remember him. The hurdler, the hurdler, yeah, the, 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 the guy that made YouTube worth watching for me back in the day. Back in the I day. think, I think he he might have been the first time where I really realized YouTube was where I was going to go watch all the highlights yeah. of these amazing, right? Athletes. And that you know the the McGuffey mixtape. If if uh, if any listeners want to figure out who we're talking about, it's actually still up. It's called the McGuffey mixtape. They've taken down the music, but it's. I mean, he's he's the most incredible high school running back I think I ever watched. Um, Anybody who wants to see that, that also will be tweeted out from the JPP podcast Twitter. Um, hey, and check it out. Dude, it's worth watching. Yeah. It's worth watching. He, he was hurtling people before <laughs> Brendan Cooks forgot how to. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, so I'd love to hear his story, but he was, he went to Michigan, got a full ride scholarship to Michigan. But then uh, and ended up for to play running back and then transferred, I think, to Rice. Is that right? Uh, yeah, that's right. And I think that was like right after Rich Rodriguez, I think, uh, either took over or yeah, left. Because they came in with that spread off. Yeah. And so they weren't using him the way that he wanted to be used. So he moved back to Houston to be closer to his family. If I understand correctly, I don't know his personal life very well. But he played a little bit for Houston. And then I think he tried out for some NFL teams and. Uh, never hmm. made the cut to play a game in the season, but uh, I made it to the Olympics. So, and then ended up being an Olympic yeah, athlete. Like, that's, yeah, that's pretty. That's a pretty, pretty cool, cool trajectory. Not one that many people can say. I mean, not many people can say they've competed in the Olympics. So, good for Sam McGuffey. It's yeah, kind of cool to cool. see somebody we kept up with so much back in the day doing something real big. Oh, before before we um, before we get off Olympics, I will say shout out to the curling team. Yeah, got gold. Yeah. America's favorite sport to watch just because it's funny. <laughs> yeah, did but you we were trash, I think, four years ago, and now we won gold over, I think, Sweden, who is Yeah, and, nasty and I mean, I don't forget about Canada. In Canada? Oh, we beat them in the bronze, in the bronze level, yeah. and the announcer in well, hockey. Yeah, and oh, hockey. And, and the women's hockey, women's too. hockey, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> we showed Canada what's up. I mean, that's Canada's I mean, national well, sport. The Winter I mean, Olympics are Canada it. and Germany's game. So, But... So Germany and Canada got second and third in total golds at 31 and 29. Norway smashed everybody. That makes sense. Those Vikings. They got 39 total, 14 gold, 14 silver, 11 bronze. USA was. Shout out to Grandma if you're listening to this. Norway gets it. So. Woofda. Woofda. Shout out to Grandma and Hannah and that left side. Yeah, yeah. We need to get some left to celebrate Norway's. Uh, <laughs> I did go play pickup basketball this weekend, and I think I found the new worst when it comes to teammates. Oh yeah, at the gym. Okay. What? Okay. This is what's yeah. the worst. So I always thought it was the guy that 
calls a ton of fouls, but then won't call a foul when he fouls somebody. That's <laughs> right. who, it was always my right. worst. This guy, every time someone shot it, and maybe I noticed it more because I noticed when I would shoot it, I wasn't making very many, <laughs> but he would always say, follow shot, follow shot. <laughs> the dude also, every time he got the ball, he shot it, never follow his <laughs> shot. If, if, if you're hustling your ass off and you want to tell me to hustle, I get it. My fault. I should hustle. But don't just walk around the whole time, but tell me to hustle. That pissed me off to no end. And then you better believe it. Every time we got to 14, we were going to 15. Every time our team got to 14, if that man touched the ball, he was a black hole. He was was not coming out. He was not. It didn't matter if it was three on three. All three people could have ran to him. He was. We could have both, me me and my other teammate, could have been under the goal. He was still shooting. He was shooting that 14 point. And the worst part was, it wasn't that good. <laughs> yeah, I played it's, with a lot of guys like that. Yeah. Hey, shooters keep shooting, I'm, right? Yeah, <laughs> shooters, unless, unless your other teammates are under the goal by themselves, then I think you a shooter can pass every day. I don't think there was an asterisk on that. I think a shooter shoots. Can you see the uh, I mean, do you want to just play the whole thing? Do you guys want to hear it? Or? Uh, no, no, I don't think I do. Uh, there was other parts to it that really just... Buddy's howling over they were, here. Uh, <laughs> um, I know nobody's talking um, about the national anthem, so uh, I figured uh, I have some thoughts on, on Fergie's uh, terrific performance. Yeah, uh, well, she she just got okay. real Fergalicious with that, and maybe a little too Fergalicious, you know. I mean, I respect somebody trying something different. It, it wasn't well, my, when, go before. Well, so I so one out. of the things that I think about it is she she apologized for the arrangement. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that, but uh, the Didn't. she she felt bad about the arrangement apparently. Um, and all I could what think do you mean by the arrangement, the arrangement is like, instead of just singing it very standardly with the orchestra behind her or the, the brass band behind her or whatever, oh, and okay. singing the notes exactly how you expect to hear it. She, she changed it up to be a lot jazzier and a lot more, um, sultry or whatever. And so she apologized. She said that arrangement was disrespectful or whatever, but I, I truly don't think that that was the issue. I think it was just that she's not a, a talented vocalist at what? all. Um, I mean, I think if you, if you take, if you take like, say, uh, imagine Amy Winehouse, rest in peace, doing that exact national anthem, um, which would be weird because she's English, but it would be so cool. Like, I don't think people would be disappointed in hearing that version. I think it's just the fact that she just did a terrible job of, uh, putting together a performance. And, uh, as, as a little bit of proof, I've got kind of a jazzy, national anthem for you guys to kind of hear. doing this uh, so that's Branford Marsalis who's a jazz musician okay. and saxophone player yeah um, and uh, it's 
Uh, a similar arrangement, really, to what Fergie did, except for I think one of the things that makes it very uniquely different is that it feels like it's not trying to show off how talented he is. It's every flourish he has is is purely emotional sounding. And uh, and I think it proves that a, a jazzy version, a more sultry version of the national anthem is not disrespectful. I love um, what you said there about he's that version's not. Fergie was trying to show her vocals, like really tried to give show how how much she can do. And the national anthems of of all songs isn't I don't well, I guess it is partly at times you show what you can do, but she just tried to put too much Fergie into it when it just was unneeded. I I don't I'm not hating on her for it. I just didn't like it. I just didn't enjoy it. That's all. I'm not mad at her. I'm not hating on her. I just didn't sure, enjoy I it. I think she's getting a lot more a lot more hate than is yeah, necessary. I didn't take it as um, disrespectful. I just it just wasn't good. Well, could it have been a publicity thing where we're talking about her? Go all out <laughs> for it, and well, either either two things. One of two things happens. Either it's amazing, everyone loves it, or everyone's talking about you because they didn't like it. But either way, you're everywhere, and everyone. I mean, talking I think okay. So I think the thing is though is there is you know they say there's no such thing as bad publicity, but I think if you're a singer, if the publicity is all that you're a bad singer. And that's how you make your living. It I think that like is bad publicity. That is actually bad publicity. And I'm going to play it real quick. Uh, she also sang the national anthem in 2011 and she didn't do anything stylistically interesting, but she's not very good. I think that she's just not a, a very good performer and a very good singer, but she's made it through this much of her career without anybody actually caring about that. So I think that uh, she she's uh, she's performing in a way that is instead of uh, being moved by the moment in the way that like say uh, Destiny's Child uh, doing the NBA All Star Game in I think two thousand best of all time ten or something like that the goat um, nine or ten something like that. instead of having this sort of emotional period she just seems to be trying to show off how how much range she has when she really doesn't seem to have that range and then another famous one for. The emotional content of it would be uh, Whitney Houston's in uh, like the that's who ninety two Super Bowl beautiful. something like that yeah um, amazing well, rendition. Does someone not hear for like like a friend's got to hear while she because she she's tried that multiple times before she gets out there in front of millions. <laughs> I think yeah. there's a, a surprisingly large percent chance that she had been handed that arrangement because someone was very proud of it because it is a pretty good arrangement honestly. Um, and she was handed that arrangement. She listened to the melody three times on the way over and uh, thought, I've got this because she believes in her ability, which is something you want in a singer. Um, but I just don't think she she had the ability to carry it over, um, partially because the national anthem is an absurdly difficult song that wasn't really meant to be sung by normal people. Just. Yeah, just anybody. It's the most difficult national anthem of any country. Um, it was based off of a melody that was sung by a essentially a guild for music lovers that wanted to see virtuoso sing. And so most countries have songs that are kind of akin to like soccer chants that you hear in a stadium where it's really easy for everybody to do 
generally pretty well. Whereas our national anthem is is by far the most difficult one, um, which is kind of a weird. It's kind of the American dream in a sense where it looks pretty easy when you watch somebody who's really talented do it and we celebrate them. But then more often than not, we watch people fail and laugh at them um, because it's so absurdly difficult. It punishes anybody that gives it a real try. So boy. LJ just dropped knowledge. Knowledge, yeah, <laughs> oh, I like that. Man, that was good. Um, and and I think that one of the things that we're all afraid of is we're all afraid of changing the national anthem. Um, but I think the most famous national anthems, like Destiny's Child, like Whitney Houston's, like Jimi Hendrix, Jimi Hendrix had shout out, yep. had probably the most unique national anthem of all time. But also, it was the most poignant that I've ever heard. Because it takes. Well, I just think you got to be careful. If you're going to change the national anthem, you better have something good up your sleeve, like they did. Because it's like you're saying, it's not something just anybody can go out and sing. Like, you need to have some yeah. serious talent. Uh, Fergie and a lot of people that get asked to sing national anthems are not on that level. And so, you know, I think we've got two options. We either need to make the national anthem easier or we need to um, be careful and very selective about who we let. Because it. It's honestly kind of embarrassing to be watching the thing that's supposed to make you feel patriotic, and and then they flash to Chance the Rapper laughing at it. You know, they, chan- like they flash to every player there, they're like trying bad. not to oh, laugh. Yeah. Like that, you could tell they're like, "What in the hell is going on here?" Jimmy Kimmel, you saw him pop up, and you could read his brain saying, "Well, I got something to talk about today." Yeah. <laughs> He's like, "Here we go." <laughs> and that's that's kind of embarrassing, right? That that's like that's the way people see the national anthem across the world right now. That's, that's the version of it that everybody's listening to and laughing at. I well, don't know. It's considering our global audience and all the people that we have listening. We have Do an we, Irish uh, audience member. I just throwing that out. there. Really? So, well, <laughs> yeah, I have no idea who it is, but we've got five downloads from Ireland. Can you, can you save us all <laughs> from Fergie and can you give us a little destiny's child or do you not have that pulled up? I was going to say, like you were saying a second ago, how it's almost somewhat embarrassing to know that people are laughing at your national anthem. Mm-hmm. That right there makes your, like the You're hair proud. on your skin kind of crank up and, and you go, you just feel ha- like you feel proud to be an American when you hear just how I mean, beautiful that sounds. I'm looking at my screen. Dad's in front of a white wall. You're wearing a red shirt and I got a blue light right behind it. I'm patriotic as hell right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm a touch emotional right now. Yeah. I, every time I hear that rendition, it gets to me. Incredible. That is the most beautiful um, rendition I've ever. And heard I would say there is one life. underrated version the of the national anthem that just—I mean, people love it, but it doesn't get talked about as much. And I'll play it for you right quick. It's Marvin Gaye's version. Marvin Gaye's version is great. He had glasses on during it. Spangled. 
I'd like to mention that I think one of the things that makes that, if not on par with Destiny's Child right next to it, um, is that it is truly a group experience. Um, it didn't feel pretentious. It didn't feel like anything but like, you know, pride. And um, it felt like it in the same way that like you listen to Bob Marley and it doesn't feel like he's doing anything you can't do. Respect. It just feels like he means something with it. And you want to be there with him meaning the same thing. And I, I think that is maybe the way the national anthem yeah. should be done regularly. Um, I like that. Yeah. Where was, where was the Marvin, where was the Marvin Gaye one? I know that I, well, I don't know for sure, but I think the destiny's job one was at Houston. I, I know that for a fact. And that the Houston one about, yes. Mm-hmm. I just remember thinking that, that was NBA in Texas game, right? when we were watching it. It was, and uh, that was when my boy T Mac was still at Marvin Gaye's rendition was in the Los Angeles Forum. Oh, okay, and Dad, do you know much much Marvin Gaye? Like, I didn't listen to. Or Dad, do you know don't anything know about much Motown? Marvin Gaye? Am I missing out? <laughs> I mean, if you're asking me, I, I can't tell you his whole uh, record history. What is that bibliography? Record bibliography or discography? discography. Um, but I can tell you everything I've heard of Marvin Gaye I love. Let's get it on. I will tell you that Let's Get It On is, I believe, presently at number one in Lifford's top 500 of all Really? Time. Wow. Wow. Marvin Gaye is number one, yes. Can we please break down that list a little bit in a future episode? We, we might need to talk about that list at some time. <laughs> I would time. love to yeah. see what makes that list. Oh. Marvin Gaye's number one. I'll go ahead Spoiler and alert. <laughs> So normally we do the Colossian coming from Dad, but this week I wanted to change it up a little bit because in one in a group message with some of my buddies, my Lane, who y'all both know, asked a question, and I thought, I mean, it, it really set me back. So I wanted to ask y'all: you have two options. You can either be extremely attractive but zero personality, or okay. extremely funny with a great personality, but you're not you're not attractive. What, okay, so I think, I think the question is, would I rather be the opposite of me or me? <laughs> That's like, okay, exactly what I was thinking. LJ. Okay, I'll take me. <laughs> so um, both of y'all find yourselves as great personalities oh, and yeah. really funny? I'm my favorite person. Absolutely. The, yes. I'm a biggest fan. Is it not unanimous? <laughs> I love me some me. Well, I mean, you know, I would like to be a touch more attractive i suppose but well no that's not an option I mean, yeah it's like super attractive with zero personality or a lot of personality and not that attractive right do you want to be tom brady like trying to high five everybody and nobody wants to high five you or <laughs> when he didn't say like he didn't say fugly <laughs> i mean he just said well, not just attractive. trying to be nice you know <laughs> okay that's what i asked um, when when i was first proposed the question i thought man can i be like really attractive and have like some person like no you're like a dud total dud but you're a good looking dud i'd probably choose personality i don't know i know i choose personality you can see through looks if you're if you've got looks in a dud people are going to see through that you're not getting anywhere if you got charisma you can look like me and get somewhere i mean it can happen Sorry. <laughs> i mean i've got a face for radio guys come on your face is perfect for this podcast by the way yeah <laughs> no but some of those people like that go on The Bachelor are just good looking people and they turn that into an entire career of like I just read one that 
went on The Bachelor and now is paid to go on different vacations to write blog about their traveling. I don't even know if it's them. They just post a picture of each time they go somewhere. That'd be all right. But he's a dud, so he can't write anything worth a damn, but right? But someone else can write it. They just need the, They just need that face on yeah, camera. Yeah, they take a picture of them while they're at the beach or whatever, and then that's all they have. That's their whole job, is to have one picture taken of them a month or a week or whatever. So, Kevin, are you going looks? Is that what you're saying? Well, I, I'm. that's why I'm so torn. I think looks can take you a very long way. I think looks take you further than a great personality at the jump. But then to go further, you need the personality. I think I would go personality just because I would hate to be around someone that's just a total. Well, but you don't have to be around, you know? Yeah, but I don't want to be that person. It's like the person before in our bear conversation where it's raining all the time and you hate to be around them. Now I'm the dud. Yeah, but you won't even be smart enough to notice that people really don't like being around you. It'll, it'll, uh. That's true. That's a good point, (laughs) LJ. No, but you wouldn't even realize people think you're a dud. Yeah. So Maybe like people just love me. I don't. I don't know what the deal is. So I'll just be a fantastic looking person mm-hmm. and think life is all good. Think everyone loves you me. You might just be happier because you don't have to deal with as much. You don't have to like. Yeah. You know what? If I was just really handsome and stupid, I think life would be a lot easier for me. <laughs> That's your problem. Is you're too damn smart. Is what it is. <laughs> so I think I made my decision. Yeah. Okay. I'm all so right. damn smart that it's just it's really killing me. Which gets me on, I don't, I don't want to get too far off onto a side road, but being an adult can be kind of hard at times. <laughs> yeah. You think? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Welcome. Welcome <laughs> to the party, dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, y'all didn't, I didn't get, no one taught me this stuff. Like in school, they taught me A squared plus B squared equals C squared, but they didn't tell me that when I get a full-time job that I need to pick out what benefits I want and how my 401k is supposed to go. Like, I don't know what to do with that. Mm. And I only got a week left to make a decision There should on be it. six semesters in high school of teaching you how to pay your damn taxes. Or, yeah, and, yeah just anything finances. Like, I don't understand. I'm I'm pretty good at the co- the whole, like, cooking aspect and, like, preparing myself each night to give me something to eat and nutrition. I'm okay with. But when it comes to expenses going to the grocery store... I don't spend a lot each time I go, but I go like five times a week. So it you adds You go to the up. grocery store five times a week? <laughs> wow. No wonder you have so many etiquette problems there. You are better <laughs> looking than you're something. smart then. Jeez. <laughs> well, okay, I might have exaggerated, but it seems like I forgot to get milk or I didn't get- You go back for an egg every day. <laughs> it's, it's like one thing, but I go back for one thing and I pick up- Five, so I spend twenty bucks each time hey, I go. Why do you have to fix the commode one time? <laughs> Wait till that hardware store starts. Starts. I mean, it'll be five times in a day. <laughs> <laughs> and then and another problem with groceries are I don't go get something until I'm out, like until there's none left. Yeah, that's my problem too. I don't have a. I don't have any kind of mind to think. Oh, I'm starting to run low on said product let me go get some more it's like oh i'm out of shampoo i'm showering without it and then i'll go get some next time I go <laughs> when, to the grocery when i'm store. looking at like my pantry trying to figure out like if i have enough food i should think if this was toilet paper <laughs> would dad go buy more yes well, the answer is the answer yes. yes every time <laughs> you, there are some that things more stock than a toilet paper warehouse <laughs> let me ha- help you young boys out okay there's some things you do not want to run out of and there's some things you don't want to <laughs> skip on 
toilet papers one. I got some crappy uh, that John Wayne toilet <laughs> yes, paper. You know, you did. <laughs> oh my god! And Kevin, it's that was at Christmas, I think, or something. It's still showing up every now and then. We get a row of this John Wayne toilet paper, <laughs> and it, you know, don't take shit off nobody, and it's just horrible. But so when your your body wash, you always have one extra in the pantry. Always have one extra shampoo. Always have one extra deodorant. Just My mind one. doesn't work that way. It just yeah. doesn't you, work that way. When you grab that last one out of the bathroom pantry, you get your little grocery list that goes in this pocket. It goes in this pocket, <laughs> listeners. He's, he's pointing to his front pocket. <laughs> in my front pocket, my breast pocket, and you write down uh, shampoo uh, or toothpaste or whatever. That's how you, It's simple. You can do that. See, the way I do it is my shampoo... It, you know, the last squeeze, it runs out. So then I take the lid off and get the last, like, I, I also, I realize that I'm out. And then the next time I go, I'm like, ah, shit, I'm out of shampoo. So I take the lid off and I get the last little bit out. And then the next time I get in the shower, I realize there's literally no shampoo left. I'm going to have to, to go to the store today. And that's when I go to the grocery store. So before you take the cap off, <laughs> that's when you go get some more shampoo. Okay. <laughs> Which... This this gets me to laundry too. I don't mind doing my own laundry, but I don't realize it's time to do laundry until I have zero pairs of clean underwear left. <laughs> Same. And that's a bad time yeah. to realize that it's time yeah. to do laundry. Do you not turn them inside out? Well, no, he's talking about post that. <laughs> post that. Okay. <laughs> Once you yeah, make okay. a cycle twice, okay. now you're trying to figure out how you're gonna wear clean clothes uh, again. Uh, <laughs> so do you go wash clothes commando? Is that what you're doing? I mean uh, I thought that was normal. I thought all <laughs> of us a different way. Well, you're not going to wash up here. <laughs> well, <laughs> and it's worse now that this is the first time I've lived somewhere where I don't have a washer and dryer mm. in my home. So normally, I notice it at last night at ten o'clock. I realize I'm out of clean clothes that mm. I can wear. Mm. I would just throw it in the washer. Now I'm like, crap. Now tomorrow morning I need to go. The, the place I normally go to was closed today, so I couldn't go there. Almost had a little. Nervous breakdown until I realized there was another one open. So I got my laundry in before work tomorrow. I just don't think about it until it's time to get it done. Like now you need to go. Up here, uh, you have like when you're when you're picking out an apartment, you basically there are three things. There's laundry, there's dishwasher, and there's air conditioning. And you pick one of those things and that's all you get. <laughs> so we went with air conditioning okay. and I regret yeah. it. I should have gone with uh, laundry is the is the pro choice. Hmm. Dishwashing, that's fine. Whatever. Yeah. yeah, I so never realized no, how amazing. I never realized how great it would be to have mm-hmm. a washer and dryer in your home. Mm-hmm. I just took it for granted my whole life because it is a pain <laughs> in the ass not having one. When I lived in that garage, I was uh, right next to the washer dryer. Like I didn't have to leave my room. So <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to be in a room next to it when I go to sleep. But well, the next thing you'll find, so you get the washer and dryer in your house. You'll do the laundry. You'll get it out of the dryer. You'll fold it. Then you got to put it up. Yeah. I hate putting it up. Thank I you. I have. My thing right now is full of folded clothes. I don't mind folding it, but now I got to go put it somewhere. Do you remember I'd put it by the TV for y'all and I'd be on your ass. Get That's your right. clothes and put them right. away. And I would just assume pick my underwear up from the TV every day <laughs> yeah, right. until they're done. Well, so I, I know me. I know who I am. I know that that basket right there is going to sit there with clothes in it until it's empty. And it's time to do laundry again because I'm not going to put those away. I just... I know who I am. So I tend to take care of the laundry around here. And uh, um, so I'll put it back in the laundry basket and then just forget to put it away. And Hannah, when she like throws stuff into the dirty clothes, it's the same basket that's got her clean clothes with because she's just not thinking about it. 
And then, so we've got a half pile of dirty and clean clothes in our laundry baskets. Now we got to wash them all again because we have no idea which ones are wearable. So you, you just got to do like the little scratch and sniff before each day. <laughs> no, no, no. Shout out to Lane on the scratch and sniff. <laughs> no, if you got, oh, just sniff, no scratch. God, please. You know, my, my last thing on adulthood is who... Who makes my appointments now? Like, how does that happen? Is that on me? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's on your you. Secretary. You don't have a secretary. <laughs> I thought I'm just someone's supposed to tell me, hey, it's time to go to the dentist. Monday at eight, you have to go to the dentist. That's hard to like. I have to like set all that up now. That's that's yeah. a lot. You're asking it's a me. rough life. Honestly. Not only do you want me to go to work for eight hours a day and pay all my bills. And get groceries and feed myself and do my laundry. But I have to schedule my own appointments for my well-being. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. It's a lot. And pay taxes on top of all that. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Welcome to the party, like I said. All right. And that will do it for this week's Just Press Play podcast. We got, for me, Lifford, LJ, we are signing off. By, like always, you can go find us on Facebook at Just Press Play Podcast, or or you can find us on Twitter at JPP Podcast. And as always, leave us your comments, review us on the Apple iTunes. If if it's anything, if you have any problems with what we had to say or just any arguments with us, we'd love to bring it up on the air and either tell you why you're right or wrong so uh mostly why you're wrong as always just (laughs) just remember all you gotta do is keep pressing play and for us three signing off peace oh stacy latisar best song was let me be your angel y'all gotta listen to that sometime let me be your angel listen to that later check it out